An extended version of this episode is available if you donate or purchase on Ko-Fi. Kia ora and welcome to this episode of The Amateur Aus Tonight. I'm Frances Duncan, author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand slash Aotearoa. My very special returning guest today is my friend Amy. Kia ora. And we are going to be discussing Letter 18 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. Letter 18, From the Same to the Same. Churchill. My dear madam, I am very glad to find that my description of Frederica Vernon has interested you, for I do believe her truly deserving of our regard. And when I have communicated a notion that has recently struck me, your kind impression in her favour will, I am sure, be heightened. I cannot help fancying that she is growing partial to my brother. I so often see her eyes fixed on his face with a remarkable expression of pensive admiration. He is certainly very handsome, and yet more, there is an openness in his manner that must be highly prepossessing, and I am sure she feels it so. Thoughtful and pensive in general, her countenance always brightens with a smile when Reginald says anything amusing, and let the subject be ever so serious that he may be conversing on, I am much mistaken if a syllable of his uttering escape her. I want to make him sensible of all this, for we know the power of gratitude on such a heart as his, and could Frederica's artless affection detach him from her mother, we might bless the day which brought her to Churchill. I think, my dear madam, you would not disapprove of her as a daughter. She is extremely young, to be sure, has a wretched education, and a dreadful example of levity in her mother, but yet I can pronounce her disposition to be excellent and her natural abilities very good. Though totally without accomplishment, she is by no means so ignorant as one might expect to find her. Being fond of books and spending the chief of her time in reading, her mother leaves her more to herself now than she did, and I have her with me as much as possible, and I have taken great pains to overcome her timidity. We are very good friends, and though she never opens her lips before her mother, She talks enough when alone with me to make it clear that if properly treated by Lady Susan, she would always appear to much greater advantage. There cannot be a more gentle, affectionate heart or more obliging manners when acting without restraint. Her little cousins are all very fond of her. Yours affectionately, Catherine Vernon. So this is the first time that we're finding out that Frederica has a bit of a crush on Reggie. Yeah. And it's like a cute one. If a syllable of his uttering is... That's like the proper... You can be talking about anything and I am actually listening. I don't know if I understand it, but I am listening. That's cute. That's what relationships should be starting out with. She is also 16. First big crush. Yeah. It's nice that she's got this relationship going on with her aunt, though. Yes. Especially with how the dynamic with her mother is... I'll say strained politely, but it's just not a good time. Having someone who is in that position and genuinely wants good things for her. I especially love the her little cousins are all very fond of her. because That's a big deal that the cousins like you. Little kids, they can be easily won over, but they are hard to win over like properly because they are very high energy. <laughs> It also sounds like Mrs. Vernon's mother is interested in Frederica. Mm-hmm. Kind impression in her favour. Catherine Vernon is like, that's great, because you know what? You're going to like her even more, because she likes Reggie. Like, only good things to say about her when, for the vast majority of this book, we've been getting that she is an unwanted tag-along who's been hidden in some place off in the distance so that we don't need to pay attention to her and oh she's so badly mannered and so dull and so boring and and just best that you not even consider that she exists and it's like well actually no she's a perfectly nice young girl and uneducated but mrs vernon says 
She may not have had a great education, but she's not ignorant. She reads a lot. Yeah, which, especially when you're considering a time like that, in itself is a very big effort. If you have not had the, the education forced upon you, offered lovingly, to have this like background well of knowledge, being able to read well enough that you can seek it out, and then also wanting to is a very big step. And it's not something that you would often have the opportunity for. Because who would she have to have a conversation with? Yeah. Who's wanting to talk to her? Not her mother, clearly. I like the way Mrs. Vernon talks about her. We're very good friends. And she talks enough when alone with me, despite her normal timidity, that it's clear if she's properly treated by her mother, she would appear to much greater advantage. There cannot be a more gentle, affectionate heart, obliging manners. She's a good girl. Yeah. Despite everything her mother has said about despite her. Despite everything her mother has said about her. And I can only assume, despite everything that her mother continues to say about her, in front of her. Because that very much feels like, well, my mum has just told everyone around here that I'm ugly and ignorant, so I'm just not going to say anything, I guess. It seems that she might be a little depressed. The words they use for her thoughtful and pensive. I had always thought that thoughtful and pensive were the same things, but it turns out no. Pensive is more serious, deep thinking, and often sad. So often they refer to it as sad thoughtfulness. Mm -hmm. So you could think that maybe she's a bit depressed, which given her circumstances also, she's a teenager, would be very understandable. Yeah, for sure. It's not a fun position that she's in, and it's not one that she has a lot of control over, and her first attempt at exerting control over has not gone super great. But she has got to meet Reggie, and the effect he has on her, her countenance brightens with a smile when he says anything amusing. He just seems like a ray of light... Mrs. Vernon's like, I mean, he is handsome, obviously. We know this. He's my brother, but he's hot. Mrs. Vernon wants Frederica's artless affection to detach Reggie from her mother. The point being that the artlessness means it's really just natural. She's not playing any games like her mother is. This isn't scheme. We know the power of gratitude on such a heart as his. And this, I'm sure I've mentioned many times before in this podcast, is a line that Austin uses a lot. Gratitude as a foundation for love. I mean, there is a certain something in that. When someone likes you, you like them back. Someone saying you're great makes you go, I guess I am great. And that feeling good you attach to that person has made me see good things in myself and maybe... I don't want to say made me feel good, but kind of. It's that idea of someone who can bring out the best in you because they're seeing the best of you and therefore you want to do those things more. You want to be that version of yourself a bit more. It's not necessarily that you are like hiding all of your flaws under the rug so that no one else can ever see them, but it's that you're showing off and you've got someone who is enthusiastically happy whenever that happens. It's got to be such an awkward situation for Frederica, right? Mm-hmm. She's 16. Her mother's a complete bitch. She's now living with her aunt, who she's never met before, and she's falling hard for her aunt's brother. I've had awkward family reunions. I'm not sure I've had any that have been that awkward. Got a crush on their step-uncle or 
uncle wants removed you're like that feels really awkward yeah but frederica is closer in age to reggie than her mother is she is technically a more appropriate partner for him than lady susan I have so many questions about Lady Susan and none of them get answered because she just continues to be Lady Susan and I want to pick her brain apart and dissect her and figure out what makes her tick and I'm never really truly going to be able to but I still want to poke her with a stick and see why. I think that's a really interesting thing about her and why she's such a compelling character. You can't get all the answers. And it especially lends itself to the letters format. You know, you don't get to know every detail about what happened. You get to know the details that this person thought relevant to the person that they're writing to at the time of writing. So we miss a letter. We have two letters in a row that Mrs. Vernon writes to her mother, Lady de Corsi. But we miss the letter back from Mm. her mother, where her mother says, you know, I like the sound of this, Miss Frederica Vernon. But maybe we didn't need that entire letter because Catherine could just say in hers, repeat exactly what her mother had said. Like, yeah, we don't necessarily need it, but there's also that thing of, okay, so any other thing that could have been coming back from her mother is in flux. It's like Schrodinger's narrative, which I I quite enjoy when you're building a a narrative as well, which is this plot point only exists and, and is relevant if it ever needs to come up. If it doesn't need to come up, then it isn't relevant. So any missing context from that letter is only relevant if it needs to come up, if it is referenced in future. And if it doesn't come up in future and if it isn't referenced, then it it doesn't matter. It can just be a a non-thing. So it could be kept out on purpose so we don't get some information? Yeah. Narratively, it builds you in a buffer of... If something needs to be referenced back for how a character found out and you have this missing letter, you can say that it came from that letter and that was the the spark that started a discussion. And for building that into a narrative is really interesting because it makes you really conscious of what gets left in and out, not just of the letters that characters are writing each other, but of the narrative that the author is presenting to you. It brings to mind something I said in another episode that letters lead really well to having unreliable narrators. Yes. Because you only write what you want the other person to read. Yes, and how many times have we, over the course of this, seen the same person write two letters to two people immediately after each other, and one of them is, oh, so so so-and-so showed up, and that's just been absolutely delightful. And the other is, so so so-and-so showed up, and I'm already furious. I want this person out of my house, out of my life. I'm going to drown her in the creek. (laughs) I just want good things to happen for Frederica. I just want her to have a good time. She deserves good things to have happen to her. Yeah, she certainly doesn't deserve everything that's happened to her so far. Yeah, no, like 16 is a rough age. This is an exceptionally rough 16. And that is our discussion of Letter 18 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. I'm Frances Duncan. All the links to my socials are in the notes. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. Here's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!